Today's reading is taken from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas uh, from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from the members of synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. lovely to uh, welcome Helen, who's going to be speaking to us. Helen and I work together um, in the midweek community, and Helen's uh, St. John's community minister. Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to have been here, to be able to um, celebrate with Montana and her family this morning. Um, And it is our, our hope and prayer that this will just be the start of a journey for her that she's already on, that she'll continue to grow in love and um, love for the Lord, love for other people, and her knowledge of of God and what um, he wants for her. And when I was thinking about her um, and the the baptism this morning, two two things came to mind. First was um, from Psalm 1, which, uh, where we would read, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. I was thinking that's our prayer for, for Montana and all the young people downstairs, that they will learn to draw on, on that water of life that only God can give. And that she, she'll have that all her life now, that she'll be able to just call on God whatever she's going to face in life. The other thing that came to mind is um, a little less spiritual. I was thinking of a stick of rock. I don't know whether even this is still a thing, but when I was a youngster, I used to, um, when you went to the seaside, you used to get by these sticks of rock which were, were candy. I see people my kind of era nodding. I don't know if it, young people relate to this yet, even lived us. But they were, they were either like pink and white or blue and white. 
and they were, they were, can you, you can still get them apparently, I've not been to Seaside for a long time, but you could get these, they were terrible for your teeth, but in the middle of them, all the way through, would be the name of the place where you were going, so in my case it would be Skegness, because I'm a Midlander, but it might be Brighton or Blackpool, all the way through. And I was thinking, like that stick of rock, that's what I would wish, well, for all of us, but particularly for Montana today, that her faith would go through her life with her, like that. That central um, wording, through that stick of rock, that she'll have her faith to rely on. And the faith and our, the Bible can be a basis for our life. But the other thing she'll, she'll have to do, which was hinted at in this baptism service, She's going to have to learn how to relate what she reads in the Bible to her everyday life. And it'll change what works for one situation. She'll then need to work out, what do I do in the next situation? And it's not always easy. And we have to adapt and change. And this passage that we've just um, listened to shows a bit of a dilemma at the beginning of the book of Acts, which um, we read a few weeks ago, or was referenced a few weeks ago, we read about how after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came on um, the disciples, and they went out, and they um, were speaking in different tongues, and then people came to faith, and there was a community that, that um, grew up around them of people that um, shared their lives together. It said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So these were people who were coming together to learn more about God. They were um, meeting together, they were having communion together, as we're about to, and they prayed together. And it also says all believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So again, they're looking out for one another. They broke bread in their homes and together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favour of all people, and the Lord added to their number daily. So there was this community of people just living out what they, um, they believed, and it was all wonderful, this happy gathering of people. But then when we get to the chapter we've just read, a little bit of it is unravelling. What they had been doing is they'd been seeing people who were in need and had been distributing um, food to them. And in particular, they'd been distributing food to the widows. And widows in those days, if um, they didn't have a strong family to support them, once their husband, the breadwinner, died, they, were, they had no source of income. They would be poor. So it was quite natural that this community would try and support them. But there seems to have been a bit of a dispute arising here and a bit of unfairness. There were two groups of people, and they're saying that they're not to have, the distribution of the bread is not fair. In this case, there was this group of Hebraic Jews, so they'd have been Aramaic-speaking um, Jews, like, um, like Jesus and the disciples, speaking the same language as them. And then there were also some Greek-speaking Jews. Now, these could well have been converts from that time in Pente- at Pentecost, when the disciples went out and spoke in other languages. They could have been the people that were converted at that point. But they, they, those might just have been a language problem. Their widows felt that they were not being given a fair share of the bread. So this was causing 
quite rightly, a lot of um, disunity and grumbling. So they take this to the disciples, who quite rightly say, this is um, a problem, we need to deal with this. We don't want this disunity, we don't want this unfairness. But they couldn't do everything. And they they knew they wanted to keep on um, preaching and teaching and doing um, what they did best. And so they had to have a rethink. We've got this problem, what do we do now? And they came up with a new plan. And their new plan was to delegate down to a group, in this case, this group of seven people. So they've got this new team, and they are Greek-speaking. So they were going to speak the language of the widows who felt they weren't being fairly treated. So it's a good way of, of um, breaking down this lack of unity and this division. They're obviously very practical. They knew how to um, fairly distribute things. But they're also men of faith. It says they're known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. So they're, they're like these sticks of rock. They've got their faith going through the middle. That's what they're going to start from, their faith and their belief. And there's precedent to doing this, this delegation. Back in the Old Testament, in Exodus, Moses has brought um, the people out of Egypt, and they're heading for the Promised Land, and um, this huge community of people are making their way across the desert. And he's visited by his father-in-law, Jethro. And he says, great, you've done really well here. You know, it's really, it's great. These people, you've brought the people out of Egypt, out of slavery. This is really good. But then he looks at Moses' lifestyle. And 24-7, Moses is on call. He's got all these people coming to him with issues that they want him to resolve, questions they've got for him. And they're having to wait all day to see him, and he's not getting any sleep. And Jethro turns to his son-in-law and says, this is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear each other out. The work's too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. And then he goes on to suggesting that he delegates. He says, teach them the way, teach them the decree, teach them what you've learned from God so they can then pass it on. He says, select capable men from the people, men who fear God. So again, men with that, that stick of rock faith going through them. Trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. So men who know how to, dis- how to deal with things fairly and appoint them over official, as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens. So he breaks down this huge community so there's people responsible for smaller groups and then they've got other people they can go to if they have a problem. So again, it's delegating. Very sensible stuff here right back in, in the Old Testament. And in um, the passage in, um, that we've just read, we see that the result of this is growth. More people start coming in. So we can see here the structure of having um, a structure for people so everyone is able to contribute in the way that they can do best. It's releasing people to do their jobs well. And if we think of St. John's and our rotors, that's what we're trying to do to get a service to, to go smoothly. We don't notice those serving when the service goes well. But when things get a bit disjointed, then it distracts from what we're really trying to do. And we're all dependent on each other to do our little bit. But sometimes we need a Jeffro who comes in and says, 
so you're doing too much or what you're doing is detracting from what you really want to do you need to reorganize yourselves and sometimes we need to be that Jeffro. sometimes we need to go to people and say hold on a minute you're doing too much here no sorry we are the Jeffro. sometimes we need a Jeffro to come to us sometimes we are that Jeffro. going to people and saying you need to look at things, do things differently. Sometimes we need to be told, sometimes we need to help other people. But it's interesting here, this story, because I think we tend to think of things, oh, there's the, the spiritual stuff and there's the practical stuff. But the, in this story, the people who were mentioned here in this seven, the first person who's mentioned, Stephen, the next thing we hear about him is not him waiting on tables, but we, we saw in, the, in the, the reading, we hear of him doing great wonders and signs among the people. So he's, he's a spiritual person. It's because he's been given this job, it's not hampered him doing other things. He's still going out, meeting people, doing signs and wonders, bringing other people back to God. It's not an either or, it's both. And Philip, who's another one, one of these um, seven, the next thing we hear of him is he's in Samaria. He's not waiting at tables. He's in Samaria explaining the scriptures to an Ethiopian official who's on his way home from Jerusalem. He explains the Bible to him, and then he explains scriptures to him, and then he baptizes him. So I don't think we should be um, putting people in a, in a box, and although we all need to do our part, I think this passage to me also speaks about wanting people to flourish, so it might be that um, we need to encourage people a bit more in what they're doing or to encourage them to take on new things or just to say to them, maybe you need a rest from this. We want people to grow. And I think it's really good if we can commit, particularly thinking of as St. John's here, for those we come into contact with, maybe over coffee, you can ask someone what their role is and what they'd like it to be what they would like to be doing. And maybe we can encourage one another. We're all in, various ones of us are in different groups, whether it's a connect group or whether it's in the welcome team or the hospitality team. We can look out for one another, make sure that they're not doing too much or whether they, they need, they'd like to be stretched in another area. Just because you've always done the welcome doesn't mean you're going to be on the welcome team forever. We want people to grow and develop skills. And we look and look out for those who we could train and work alongside with us. I was thinking on, um, on a Wednesday, we always have refreshments. And I think one of the daunting things people help in refreshments is that we have this coffee urn that needs sorting out. And we have this dishwasher that needs putting on. And that people can just be thrown thinking, oh, I can't cope with all that stuff in there. But you don't have to do all of that. There's little things we can do. We can just be collecting the cups up, helping with the washing up. And it, it all helps for the things to, things to run more smoothly. And if you've got ideas of how things can run more smoothly um, and would like to take part, do let us know. We're always open to ideas. But Jesus was practical but also spiritual. And he, he's our model here. He came from a very practical background. His background, his family, were, his father was a carpenter. Joseph was a carpenter. And yet he devoted his life to teaching about God. 
Yet he wasn't afraid to get his hands wet. He washed the disciples' feet. And yet they're the same hands that a few hours later would be praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and then would be nailed to a cross. He had the practical and the spiritual. So let's be a church that encourages one another to flourish and grow, individually, practically, and spiritually. And then we as a body will grow. And as a family of believers, each playing their part, then we'll naturally draw others to come and join with us. Amen.